Talks. I'm Troy Harmon here with uh, Nick Antonucci and Jacob Keen and Alex Del Nodal. Let's press on. Uh, we got a few things to talk about. Financial. You know, Troy, if, if, if we're going to get into these, are, are we going to questions? Sure, now? yeah, let's I, do. You know, I joked about the fantasy football aspect of the radio show. I think, I think when we're talking stocks, it's it's a starter sit conversation. Starter Instead sit. Instead of buy or sell, are you start okay. or sitting the stock? <laughs> All right. All well, right. You make it whatever you want there, Nick. Yeah, uh, pick some sleepers. Yeah, yeah, your sleeper pick. <laughs> For the quarter. All right, well, we'll start off with a sleeper. How about Kyle from Woodstock who writes, uh, you've said before you're not a big fan of individual indus- industrial names, but I've been looking at Anixter International. Uh, the recent run has been great, and uh, I want to get in on it. There is a problem with that. Uh, the ticker symbol, I think it's AXE. Um, Axe body spray? Well, no, it's oh, different. Okay. It's not the body spray. It's um, just uh, AXE, okay. a ticker symbol. Anyway, the the uh, issue is the company has had a nice run. Uh, it would be awesome if you could get in, in uh, on the run, but you'd have to back up the clock because the pop that they just recently had was due to the fact that they announced they're selling the company to another company. What I'm telling you is... So you can't make like 1% left in premium? That well, you hit? could, but I mean, why would you try? You could probably do as well with a relatively short-term fixed sure income could. instrument. Uh, and that's usually what happens. So uh, the company's a global uh, distributor of network and security, electrical and electronic devices. But again, you know, AXE is the symbol. Uh, don't don't reach out for this. You're, it's going nowhere. It's uh, It's being purchased by another company sure so, i think it's also worth noting the question you mentioned is not buying individual individual industrial names yeah. i wouldn't i wouldn't agree with that um, no at all. we don't we you know don't. you want to be selective and 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 consider what your portfolio looks like right also you know macroeconomic conditions um in terms of which industrials you want to buy some are more well, cyclical than others that's absolutely true right now um it wouldn't be wise to go piling in as you've mentioned before nick I think we're all kind of on the same page. We're late. We're pretty late in the uh, business cycle, and uh, looks like there's there's really more potential grief than I would want to get in the middle of with a very cyclical company right now. However, we do recommend individual industrial names. Uh, you might have mixed that up with material stocks because we don't really own too many individual materials. Right. It's a very small sector of the the um, business environment and you know if you want to stay diversified even within a sector it's very difficult in that space uh, with as little um, weight as there is in the in the market for that sector all right uh, let's move on we got a question from Heather let me throw this out if you've got your own questions you'd like to get in contact with us um, so that we could answer them on the air you can call us at 1-855-429-9166 Uh, which is our question hotline. You'll call. You'll get a recording. Uh, We ask that you leave your your, uh, name and and, uh, question on that recording. We play it on the air, and then we'll answer right behind it. Um, If you prefer to uh, call and talk to a human being, you can call 770-429-9166 and uh, ask for the radio show or Kelly Lynn, who is our producer, 
uh, she'll take your question and uh, get it to us so we can answer it on the air. Or you can email us at drgene at hensler.com. That's spelled D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. Uh, you can also go to our website, Hensler.com. We've got lots of information on there. There's a, a radio show page as well, uh, Money Talks. Uh, you can click on and see lots of information, and uh, as, and you can listen to our previous uh, show recordings as well. So uh, we'd love to hear from you. If you got something, uh, make sure you give us a call or email. Um, we've got a question from Heather from Smyrna. It says, uh, what's going on with Uber stock? Uh, I get that after IPOs, the stock usually drops significantly, but, what, but what's going on with earnings? And to that, I would say, what earnings? <laughs> Companies never earned a dime. Uh, they do generate revenue. Well, if you want to call it an investment, it could be a problem. Uh, they've uh, they they did go public this year, um, and it it came out at a price to sales in the twenties. Yeah. Jacob, what is a normal price to sales ratio? Oh, uh, in the low single digits. Low That's, single digits. Yeah. The lower Quite the better. Less than two or three. Yep. yep. Yeah. So. You know, that tells you a lot about what happened. It did come out very expensive. Um, usually, everybody clamors to get an IPO because often they're mispriced. Um, and, and by that, I mean uh, when the company goes public, um, the, the company, the portion the company gets for, for, the, for uh, its issuance of shares is basically the first tick. They get a certain price. Uh, usually, demand is so great that it drives the price higher. Uh, all in one day or a series of two or three days, very short period of time. And then it, it is pretty common for them to kind of tick back or flutter back to earth, uh, sometimes fall like a rock back to earth. Um, uh, Uber is currently selling around 12 times sales. Yeah. So you can see it's, it's fallen significantly since the IPO. A bigger issue that I have is, is all the fundamentals just look ugly. I, you know, their, their expenses have been... Uh, relatively high. They've been spending a lot of money on R&D to get uh, self-driving cars off the ground. Their, their fear is if they are not the creator of the first successful uh, self-driving automobile, that they may not get to use it. And that being the case, uh, their expenses will never decline like they'd like for them to. So yeah, yeah, yeah all like all the value. We're, we're getting close to up against the break, but all the value in the business right now is in the future. They, you, you said what earnings? They lost a billion dollars yeah. this quarter. One oh, that's quarter. With a One B. quarter. That's with the B. Yeah. Their revenue, though, has grown 68% annually over the last three years. Pretty significant. Um, we got a question here from Megan and Robert from Kennesaw. Says, what do you think about Marathon Petroleum? I was considering adding that to our portfolio. Now, I'll tell you straight up, we're, uh, we do recommend this holding to clients. Yeah, and that's a timely question, right yeah, there. Yeah, there's recent there's, addition. It really was, and we've had uh, it's. There's been some news on the stock, um, even more recent than than uh, when we added it as a recommended uh, security holding. Um, last week, we saw that uh, the uh, Paul, <laughs> my boy Paul, Paul, Paul got in there. Yeah, uh, yeah. Elliott Management has a position Sorry. in the company. Uh, and uh, they've uh, they've been pushing for change at the company, and looks like they've actually made some traction. Uh, Marathon has announced that they're gonna 
uh, spin off the Speedway franchise, which is generally the, the least profitable. The marketing side of things is usually the least profitable in any of these uh, petroleum companies, the energy space. Um, and not only that, the CEO is going to retire next year. And not only that, the CEO's expected replacement is also stepping down. The company has a 65-year-old uh, mandatory retirement policy, uh, which would just leave the the uh, um, the, the successor. Successor. Yeah, thanks, Nick. I got you. Uh, would leave the successor like a year in office if he were to take over. So he stepped out. So they are looking for a CEO. The stock fell about three and a half percent on the news. Um, you guys got anything to yeah, add? Yeah, so with the with the fantasy analogy, we got a new coach in here. I think this is definitely a start this week. <laughs> um, but just, I mean, just briefly, um, I mean, people go to gas stations. They're familiar with the energy Speedway. companies. Sure. With the energy companies broadly, right? right? Yeah. Marathon is solely a refiner, so there's different economics to that. Right. So they make money on the spread between getting the oil out of the ground and putting it in turning Science it into gasoline right. and putting it in your car. Yeah, so they're not um, a they're not an exploration type company. Right. They don't produce oil. They don't go out and drill for it, but yeah. once it's out of the ground, they turn it yeah. into the gasoline that's usable in your automobile. Yeah, and um so looking at the energy industry broadly, there's been a lot of underinvestment the past few years. There's right. definitely cycles with that. Companies have been tightening their belts, so that leaves if demand continues to, you know, pace well that leaves room for oil to run but nearer term um if we do get a weaker dollar if we do get a more dovish fed um and we do get uh any sort of any sort of credit event um if you think about who they're buying the oil from well they're buying the oil from the frackers so there's some nice dynamics there for some acyclicality in a refiner and that if you know People are dumping inventory, oil inventory on the market, yet the consumer still stays strong. Then they're going to command higher margins. Sure. And Marathon, as a refiner, is uniquely positioned in that they're across the country. So right. if there's a certain area, you know, in back in, you know, up in uh, North, North Dakota, North Dakota right. if their oil is cheaper than, say, in uh, the Permian, West they Texas have access Florida. and they have refineries across the country to take advantage of those opportunities and then you look they they had they had the recent mer- acquisition merger from right. um, stock transaction with endeavor to get that access so that's a nice catalyst moving forward and you look at the valuation on the stock at you know under 14 times and that's on what i don't feel like is normalized earnings right now over the course of a cycle right with the over three percent dividend yield again this one's the start you heard it here first there you go. Nick likes it too, it sounds like. Uh, put, him your, there, put him in your flex position. The, the one thing you can know is demand is still continued. I mean, we talked about the consumer earlier, and uh, demand is just, you know, pretty solid uh, within the refining business. I read something uh, you know, this week that said uh, 98% uh, capacity utilization within their refinery business. So, uh, that's something that's always a good thing. It Absolutely, yeah, the man's there. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and we also have new regulations that's forcing the refiners to make their uh, gasolines cleaner, especially on the, the the freight, the shipping freight. Right. Oh, um, yeah, So that's right. a lot of the bigger players will benefit from that because they have invested in relative to the smaller players. Yeah, technology's yeah. key as well. They have a well, technology right? edge for sure. Yeah, keep the sulfur low. All right, uh, 
let's uh, go to one more. I'm sure we got plenty of time to talk about this. Jason from Covington says, I'm 58 and I know I can't work forever. I've owned my collision and repair garage close to 35 years. It used to be that uh, to sell a business, all one had to do was find a good mechanic and let him work as an apprentice until he could uh, take over the business. That's how I got my shop. Uh, now my accountant is telling me that I have to enhance the value of my business in order to, to sell it for top dollar. Uh, I just want to know I can retire at 65. I've got several years to enhance the value, so what am I really looking at? Nick, this sounds like something you might be able to help. And I, I totally agree. This, you know, he's, He still sounds like he might be trying to, to uh, groom that uh, underling to take the business over. It's a very common issue these days with a lot of uh, it is, yeah. and baby boomers looking to retire. Kind of where I want to start, too, is I just want to know I can retire at 65. So exit planning as a whole, you know, value creation is part of the exit planning process. Right. You're trying to extract the most value you can for your business. But but it's it's so much more than just from a business aspect. You know, they kind of break it down in, into three categories. You have the personal aspect, you have the financial aspect, and you have the business aspect. So right. the, the personal kind of speaks to once you exit this business, what is your life going to lo- look like? You've poured all these this, this time and energy into this business, and all of a sudden, you know, you've left it. Now what do you do? So you can't overlook that aspect of your life. But in, in terms of value creation, I would first want to start with, what does your retirement look like? What do you need? How much money do you need to get from the sale of this business in order to reach your goal? So yeah. you it, you have to have a starting point of, of here's what I think is worth today and maybe you get a valuation done or you ballpark what it's worth. And then what do I need it to be worth to reach that retirement that exactly. I have in mind? And everything in between there is you have to kind of bridge that gap from where we are now to where you need to be in order to meet your retirement needs. Right. And quite often you'll find that business owners, that's their biggest investment. That, you know, the over the biggest course portion of, the last... of your wealth is tied up in Right. That I would business. have to guess that Jason, over the last 35 years, his biggest investment's probably always been his garage. And, and uh, you know, it is a type of business that will fluctuate in value and and uh, revenues, um, you know, given business cycle. Uh, and and it's good, in my opinion, that he's looking seven years out. He's yeah, that's, he's a, that's a good time horizon. So basically to, to accelerate the value of your business, what we want to do is identify the risks and reduce those risks. Right. So maybe right. that's in this case, it wouldn't be an issue. But let's say you have, uh, you know, high concentration of revenue if. if well, it could be. He could have, you know, contracts for and a business. Maybe he it doesn't is. say so here. Maybe it is. So uh, that... I know mechanics that might do work on a, a certain milk company's vehicles, and that's all they do. Right. Or if you don't have a successor that you've groomed or someone that can step in once you've sold the business, that's a huge risk. Right. You know, you, you have someone come in and purchase it, or, and you're no longer there. Something happens to you. There's no one to run the business. That's a huge, you know, risk to the value of of that business because it's a risk to the purchaser basically exactly. all you're doing at that point is you might be buying a facility and some equipment and a, a yeah. client list well you, yeah you limit your opportunity set because you can only sell it to people who know how to run exactly and, and that business one right. last thing i, I want to throw in there because we're running out of time is is clean up your books if you know you're run, you run it as a lifestyle business you're running expenses through the business that aren't truly relevant to the operations right Let's let's start working those out. You know, because yeah, it the makes company the business car. look a lot more profitable in most cases. Exactly. And so the, and profitability, growth and revenue, those all add to the value of your business. Sure. So I guess in the most general way possible, I would say value creation is all about reducing the risk. 
Well, and and maximizing profits and and revenues, if you can do the two of those at the same time, You'll it's be sitting, it's a pretty, pretty yeah. It can be a pretty complex situation. If you want to, uh, if you have a business, you're in that situation. You feel free to call us again. The number is seven seven zero four two nine nine one six six. Ask for Nick Antonucci. He can help you out uh, with any of those issues. All right. Well, uh, that looks like about it for me, uh, guys. What do you say? Market up or down this week? I think it rips on. Gains. Gains. There we go. Everybody up. Thanks for listening to Money Talks. We'll be back next week. All material presented is compiled from sources believed to be reliable and current, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. The contents are intended for general information purposes only. Information provided should not be the sole basis in making any decisions and is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified professional, such as a tax consultant, insurance advisor, or attorney. Although this material is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with respect to the subject matter, it may not apply in all situations. This is not to be construed as an offer to buy or sell any financial instruments. It is not our intention to state, indicate, or imply in any manner that current or past results are indicative of future profitability or expectations. Portfolio holdings discussed are subject to change. There is no guarantee that in the future these securities will be held in Hensler accounts. As with all investments, there are associated inherent risks. Please obtain and review all financial material carefully before investing. Hensler is not licensed to offer or sell insurance products. This overview is not to be construed as an offer to purchase any insurance products.